there in the manger the baby lay. What started with angelic announcements then turned into a story of taxation, forcing a young couple on the move to an ancestral hometown. Then a birth out in the stable, because with all the relatives in, it was kind of crowded in the house. It's spectacular. Then it's mundane. The angel Gabriel's conversation with Mary shows that this baby to be born is absolutely special and unique. And then in the next chapter, his entry into the world happens in a humble way. But it's what comes after that. That's a little different. Luke records this. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The facts of the birth of Jesus, they're basic. They're humble. What king can you imagine would be born among the animals? Being laid in their feed trough. No, Luke shows us that what comes shortly after his birth is what matters. He's born humbly, but this baby is anything but just another baby boy. The coming of this Messiah is announced. Now when we announce children, nowadays on Facebook, maybe with a yard sign, We tend not to announce them on the news. That's a little expensive, unless you're rich and powerful. But this Messiah, he wasn't announced to the governors and to the halls of power. No herald walked in before Herod. He wasn't announced to the priests and to the temple courts, where there was no prophet striding confidently into the temple courts and shouting, He is born. No, it's to shepherds. Now there, was some spe- there is today some speculation these shepherds were the ones watching over the herds for the temple. It's the right area. If that's the case, the message would have been something like, hey, you take care of the sacrifices that are offered at the temple, now come and see the real sacrifice. But that's just speculation. We have no way of knowing one way or the other. It's just they were in the area. And shepherds were dirty, despised, not really the right sorts of people. I I warned them if they sit up here during the sermon, I get to use them as an example. <laughs> no, these are kind of the, well, most of them. I, one of them's my sister. So, yeah. 
Can you imagine what it would have been to be a shepherd that night? A normal routine night? I mean, the only real concern you have is don't lose any sheep, which is a little difficult because if you're watching over the sheep at night, you have another rule, don't count them. Oh, this year you get the joke. When I used it last year, none of you did. Yeah, it's a little later in the morning. Yeah, I'm a little more awake. Then the glory of the Lord shines out. They see an angel. One shepherd looks at the other. Ezekiel, what did you do? I mean, all of a sudden, this is no longer a routine night. The angel's appearance is frightening. I mean, this is way out of normal experience. But the message is one of joy. The long-awaited Messiah, he's arrived. The one that God has been talking about for generation upon generation, that he spoke about to Eve right after the fall, that he mentioned to Abraham, that he promised to King David, that his prophets had talked about time and again, he has arrived. They call him a savior. He is a savior, not some political revolutionary, but a more spiritual role. That wasn't quite what the Jews had in mind. They had seized on all the imagery of king and didn't pay much attention to the imagery of servant. He is Christ. That term means anointed one, the Messiah. There is no doubt from this announcement, this is the one. Friends, Jesus did not grow up, find out things about what this Messiah was to do and then do them. From his birth, he has been the one. Before his coming, all of heaven pointed to him as the one. And for people who have been waiting for generations, this is tremendous news. But wait, there's more. The angels give directions on where to find him. Go to Bethlehem. It's a small town. You've been in some of those small towns probably. You know, the hello and goodbye signs are on the same post. I'm Bethlehem, maybe not quite that small, but it's not as though they have a bustling hospital with a very busy maternity department. He's probably the only one born that night. And these directions are given as a sign. Now in the gospel, a sign, that's a loaded word. It doesn't just mean, here's something to point you in the right direction. That word sign is often used to describe miracles. Where there is a sign, it is a proof God has acted. It's not a coincidence. It's not a happenstance. It is the creator of the universe directly involving himself in this world. Something has happened by divine power. God wants people to know. And those who look into it will find a reason to believe. 
That happens each and every time a sign is given. Jesus will do more of them. And the shepherds do, in fact, choose to go look into this. Doesn't say what they did with the sheep. Is that the parking brake? I don't know. They go into town and they find the proof. And this angelic announcement, it ends with praise to God. Because God has acted in human history to bring his plan to completion. He has said, no longer will this keep going on. No longer will I be separated from mankind. No longer will we be apart. From the Garden of Eden until that day, thousands of years, where God has been arranging events to bring about his Redeemer. Finally, he is here. God's plan to save humanity and put away death, put away sin, defeat death, and open the gates of heaven for us has entered its final phase. The building up portion is done. Now it happens. God has worked his plan, and there in the manger is the culmination of his work. God has become man. The infinite being is now an incarnate being. Sometimes you may have heard Jesus referred to as God with skin. That's pretty accurate. Because God the Father has never inhabited a body. We don't know what he looks like. He is spirit. But Jesus, well, if there would have been a camera, we could have gotten a photo. He's here. So he can suffer and die for our sin that we might become children of God. Friends, this baby came with a mission. Usually when a baby is born, the parents wonder, what will will happen with this child? Will this little one grow up and be president? A doctor? A teacher? What does the future hold? There's no way of telling. You kind of have to wait and see. But this child had a mission, a destiny. He would grow, and he would die for us. The innocent giving himself for the guilty that we might become children of God. Friends, Jesus came for us. But only those who believe and follow him will receive the blessings. It's open-ended. The invitation says whosoever will. But we must. His death covers all sin. But only those who submit to him will find that redemption. It's still a blessing. Without Jesus, we never would have had it. We would die in our sins apart from God. 
Friends, God has done the work. We must respond. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the baby, the best way to celebrate, friends, is to serve Christ the Lord. We follow him, we find forgiveness. We believe him, we find redemption. We live for him, we find life everlasting. Why do we still celebrate this baby over 2,000 years later? That's a long time. And it is a drop in the bucket to the eternity that he purchased for us with his blood upon the cross. That is the promise of Christmas. Not just that to us a child is born, to us a son is given, but also that when we believe, we conquer sin and death through his sacrifice. It's a hard time of year sometimes, friends. As we gather together with our families around the table, passing out the the presents from under the tree, we probably start remembering who's not there. Those who won't be there with us ever again. But you know what? In Christ, we'll be together again. We all know people that are celebrating this first Christmas in heaven. One day it's going to be our turn. Because what we could never do, God has done. What we could never hope for, God gives freely. Who we desperately needed, God placed in the manger. This Christmas, friends, let's celebrate. Not just with eggnog and gifts, but with a determination, a will to serve this Lord Jesus. So we can look forward, not just to the family coming in, but to the day when we are with Christ's family forevermore. Stand with me, let's pray. Father, we thank you, we praise you, for Lord, there in that manger, you gave us your son, Jesus. By his death, you redeemed us. By his resurrection, you show us our eternity. Father, help us at this time, not just to marvel at the baby in the manger, but to serve the risen Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.